Here we go, Tuesday. What's up, everybody? Hope your Tuesday is going along just fine so far. We got a lot to talk about today. Brent Venable's press conference happening right now. That is where Parker is right now. He'll probably roll in again about uh, 1230. I would think the Great White Buffalo will probably pull in the parking lot somewhere. I think the ETA is around 1230. Probably uh, segment number three is when we'll hear from Parker Thune. Again, I hope your Tuesday is going well. Want to thank our uh, opening hour sponsor, as we always do, Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Uh, you need uh, heating and air work done. Uh, right now, your AC could be an issue. Give Lasher Home Comfort Systems a call at 405 579 3113. That's 405 579 3113. All right, so we'll have some Brent Venables audio coming up here in a little bit. Got some audio from Deuce Vaughn and uh, Adrian Martinez. On uh, trying to get the offense going after K-State lost to Tulane. The Wildcats will be in Norman this Saturday night. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y night. Our pregame show begins at 1 o'clock from Balfour of Norman and at the Hertz Donuts uh, parking lot. We'll have two locations for you again coming up this Saturday. Sooners in K-State. K-State didn't live up to uh, its end of the bargain, losing to the Green Wave in Manhattan last week. But again, uh, this will be the best team that the Sooners have faced this season coming up uh, this Saturday night. Okay, we're also going to hear from Jeff Levy, some Ted Roof audio, Wanya Morris, Danny Stutzman, talking about where Oklahoma is after three games at 3-0, and uh, going into this matchup with the Wildcats coming up this weekend. So, the big story today, and I don't know how big of a story this is, Brett McMurphy tweeted it out this morning. Guess what? They're not going to play Bedlam anymore once the Sooners head to the Southeastern Conference. I mean, uh, it's kind of like what uh, Bob Stoops used to say every now and then at his press conference. Hey, everybody knows that. I mean, we all knew that. We all knew it. I'm not saying there wasn't any new news here from Brett McMurphy because he did have a few new quotes from uh, Chad Weiberg, the Oklahoma State Athletic Director, and from Josie, of course, the Sooner AD, Talking about, you know, we're not going to be playing football, uh, bedlam football moving forward once the Sooners are in the SEC. And you can take whatever angle you want for Oklahoma State, hurt feelings, the Sooners, you know, hung them out to dry by going to the Southeastern Conference. At least that's kind of been the narrative from Stillwater. You remember, uh, you know, Dr. Shrum was very upset about it, uh, but the SEC didn't want Oklahoma State. The Sooners, if the SEC had said, can you bring Oklahoma State along? I'm sure Oklahoma would have said, yeah, we could bring Oklahoma State along. No problem. No problem. But the SEC didn't want Oklahoma State football. I'm not dogging Oklahoma State football. Mike Gundy has done a tremendous job. He has coached uh, those guys up about as well as anybody in the country. I'm talking about based on what Oklahoma Oklahoma State has. And, again, uh, the Cowboys certainly – uh, improved facilities, particularly when you look at where Lewis Field was, Rustoleum Stadium, a long time ago, and those facilities were. Boone Pickens, uh, you know, the infusion of money there did wonders for Oklahoma State. So the facilities are good. The Athletic Village is nice. Uh, Mike Gundy coaches up that roster as well as anybody in the country. Oklahoma State doesn't get the talent the Sooners get, yet Mike Gundy produces a solid product almost year after year after year. Oklahoma's standpoint, Joe C. is saying Oklahoma State doesn't want to play, doesn't want to play in the future. Here's my take on this deal. If I'm Oklahoma State, all right, I'm jumping for joy. I don't want to play Oklahoma. And you can talk about chicken, bok, 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 whatever you want to say, but if I'm an Oklahoma State cow, if I'm Mike Gundy, if I'm Mike Gundy, I don't want to play Oklahoma. I don't. You don't have to worry about Oklahoma anymore. Just take care of your non-conference schedule and just 
Get ready for the Big 12. You are in Oklahoma's shadow in football. Oklahoma State has a really good, outstanding overall athletic department. But it's football here that's in the spotlight. In the state, you know, college football is gigantic. We we know, always knew it was a big business, and we're seeing more evidence of that, certainly with the conference realignment, these TV deals, that uh, it's huge business. It is gargantuan-sized business, a lot of money being thrown around. But if you're at Oklahoma State, again, you're not getting the athletes that Oklahoma gets every year. Not even in the same ballpark. Now, again, the Cowboys have done a great job developing players and getting some good players here and there that are four or five stars occasionally. Xavier Lawson, Kennedy, I can remember. Uh, Spencer Sanders was a four-star. Oklahoma State, it's not like Oklahoma State just gets a bunch of two-stars. But they don't get the talent that Oklahoma gets. You don't have the money that Oklahoma has. You don't have the tradition that Oklahoma has. That takes multiple decades to overcome if you ever overcome being in the shadow of the University of Oklahoma and then once you start winning some games Pat Jones won some games at Oklahoma State love coach Jones Mike Gundy has done a tremendous job Les Miles half crazy but again did a nice job won a couple bedlam games back to back and basically talked trash to Oklahoma the week of the game I mean OSU coaches hadn't done that very much if at all but You are never going to consistently beat Oklahoma in football. Not in my lifetime. So if I'm Mike Gundy, and again, once you start winning games, guess what the Oklahoma State fan base wants you to do? Beat Oklahoma. Beat Oklahoma. You're in a NASCAR race, and the Sooners have the best car in the conference. you got a pretty good car, but it's not up to the same standards as OU. Again, Oklahoma State does a fantastic job. Rob Glass, we talk about Jerry Schmidt. Jerry Schmidt's excellent. Rob Glass might be the best strength coach in the country. He and Jerry Schmidt, in my opinion, are up there in the top five. Facilities are great. Boone Pickens Stadium, upgraded. Very nice. The tailgate situation in Stillwater is great. Everything about Oklahoma State football is very positive right now. There's no doubt. They just beat Notre Dame. Mike Gundy called it the biggest win in school history. Beat the Sooners in Bedlam. But again, year after year after year, you are in the University of Oklahoma's football shadow. And it is a huge shadow that is cast out there. And again, if you're an Oklahoma State coach and your fan base starts saying, you know what, you need to beat Oklahoma more. And there's no doubt Gundy should probably have a couple more wins against the Sooners. But the Oklahoma State coach is not going to have a winning record against OU. It just doesn't work that way. Jimmy Johnson was the head coach at Oklahoma State, right? Right. Pretty good coach at Oklahoma State. Went to Miami. Guess what? Started beating Oklahoma. Better athletes. Won a national championship. Couldn't quite get it done at Oklahoma State. So, again, if if I'm an Oklahoma State Cowboy fan, um, you know, I wouldn't fret about this too much at all because you don't have to worry about Oklahoma. You're, you're a little bit of a separate entity once the Sooners go to the SEC. You've got a chance to dominate, maybe not dominate, but be the big program in the Big 12. There are going to be other people fighting for that. Baylor, you know, will be in the mix. Uh, Who knows what's going to happen with, you know, like Matt Campbell at Iowa State and other schools out there. But Oklahoma State has as good a chance as anybody, and I think probably a better chance than anybody, to be the best program in the new Big 12. Expansion, college football playoffs going to 12. Oklahoma State has a chance to be there, you know, Three out of every four years, perhaps. Maybe two out of every four years. 
If Mike Gundy stays doing what he's doing, Oklahoma State's going to be at least getting to the playoff on a fairly routine basis. So, again, Oklahoma does its thing in the SEC. Cowboys trying to become the preeminent program in the Big 12 now. Out of it all, though, there's been some great moments in oh, Be- yeah. Bedlam. But, I'm I mean, the saying, record. Hey, this isn't good for the fans. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that, Connor Pasby. I am saying this sucks for the fans. I totally get it. It does. But I'm just saying – if you're like Mike Gundy, I you know I'm not losing any sleep over not having to play Oklahoma anymore for the foreseeable future. You just take care of business, and you don't have to worry about that. Usually, one automatic loss that's on your record year to year. Yeah, I, look for Oklahoma State. Uh, you're not going to make as money as much money, obviously, as Oklahoma is. Oklahoma is going to be making uh, more money, obviously, quite a bit more in the SEC. You're not going to make as much in the Big 12. But again, you have a chance to be the flagship best program in the new Big 12, in my opinion. And like I said, I've always said to the Oklahoma State fans. Uh, because again, Oklahoma State, they they have felt like my Gundy wasn't aggressive enough for a long time. Mike Gundy needs to beat Oklahoma more. And as I said, he probably should have a couple more victories against Oklahoma. But if you're going to be judged by beating Oklahoma as the OSU football coach, that's a losing cause. Because that hasn't happened over the history of college football. So that's my take on it. I will miss it. Hopefully, I mean, we could see perhaps some matchups in a college football playoff game, right? You could, Yes, at, at the 12 team, yes, you could. Yeah, you could see that. And, again, I, I'm not saying I won't miss Bedlam. I certainly will. But from the Oklahoma State perspective, uh, you know, if I'm Mike Gundy, I am, I'm not losing any sleep over that whatsoever. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. That is 405-654-3139. Yeah, some people, I, I would argue Gundy should have a worse record against OU equals the Bob Repunt and Mule Shoe last year. Yeah, well, there was a pass interference that probably should have been called last year. Two or three. Bob, <laughs> Bob shouldn't have kicked to uh, Tyreek Hill again. Uh, you know, easy to second guess that, but that that turned out to be a disaster. But you also had some games where Oklahoma State, you know, may, maybe the the record, maybe one more win. I don't know. I'm just saying you are going to be in the Sooners football shadow in the same conference. Uh, and to an extent, even in separate conferences, some of that shadow still will be cast over Oklahoma State football. But overall, uh, for the Cowboys, again, I would be thinking about, man, you know what, let's keep doing what we're doing. And let's try and become the uh, the best program again in the new Big 12 because they have a great chance to do that. Okay, uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Busy day today. Parker will be rolling in here in the Great White Buffalo. His new vehicle uh, will probably uh, be in here, I would say, about 1230. Connor Pasby coming in in short relief again. Good to have you with us. Again, we're just getting cranked up. It's Tuesday right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Coming right back, we'll talk about Oklahoma, Kansas State next here on the Ref. Okay, back with you. It is a Tuesday edition of Steelman and Thune. Right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Connor Pasby in with us until Parker gets here, which will probably be uh, segment three, would be my guess. 
the white buffalo's working fine, and so far, apparently, the new vehicle has been uh, just fine for uh, Parker after the uh, Taurus was put to rest. And the, uh, the white buffalo was born this weekend in Lincoln, Nebraska. So, uh, again, Parker should be with us coming up around uh, 1230, 1235. All right, Sooners in Kansas State this weekend. We're going to get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line here in uh, just a second. But first, I want to play a couple clips from the postgame. Kansas State, you know, this would have been a much more of a much more of a marquee matchup Saturday night. I had the Wildcats taking care of business, man, against Tulane. They couldn't get it done. And that line looked really uh, peculiar. And I know a lot of the, uh, the, the, the gambling people out there, those who set the lines and the handicappers out there thought, you know, this is a trap game for Kansas State. Tulane, you know, might be a good play with the point spread. Well, Tulane won the game. Straight up, they won it flat out against uh, Kansas State on Saturday, 17 to 10. And the offense, man, it was the total numbers. Kansas State, 335 yards. They were horrible on third and fourth down. Uh, Kansas State was three of 20 on a third and fourth down. Adrian Martinez, uh, not very efficient throwing the football. Definitely not throwing it downfield. 21 of 31, 150 yards. One touchdown, but Adrian Martinez, good athlete, not the best thrower of the football. And uh, here is uh, what Adrian Martinez said to the reporters afterwards about what happened to the Kansas State offense. There you go. How about that? Are you uh, are you afraid to throw the ball downfield? Uh, As a quarterback, man. he throws. Are you hesitant to throw it downfield? He said he wasn't, but who knows? Deuce Vaughn had 20 carries, 81 yards. Deuce Vaughn also missed nearly a quarter of football. He was cramping in this game. Let's hear from Deuce Vaughn, who was asked, a, uh, well, this is an interesting question after we heard what uh, the reporter asked Adrian Martinez Deuce Vaughn was also asked about the new K-State quarterback. There you go, Deuce Vaughn again, uh, quite a weapon, no doubt about it. Kansas State, major disappointment. That loss to Tulane was uh, was a disaster. But, again, this is going to be the best team that the Sooners have faced this season. UTEP, Kent State, obviously Nebraska wasn't very good. Sooners played very well uh, in their first road test. But that Nebraska team is about as far away as you can get from one of those Tom Osborne national championship teams. 
uh, of course, when Dr. Tom had the Huskers rolling as the best program in the country. So, again, 7 o'clock kick time. Uh, Sooners favored by 13 in this matchup with Kansas State. K-State has some good uh, defenders as well. When you talk about Julius Brents and uh, Felix NUDK, uh, Uzoma, uh, excellent rushing the passer. That defensive line is pretty good. And, again, they did give up 17 to Tulane, but it was mainly an offensive issue in that loss to the Green Wave over the weekend. All right, do you want to get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line? 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. OSU sucks. One Big 12 title in 26 years, and now you think they'll be the best program in the new Big 12, maybe the fourth best after Baylor, BYU, and Cincinnati. Cincinnati is some new money. BYU will have a shot. I said Oklahoma State has a shot to be the best program. Who is the, over the last decade, who is the second winningest program in the Big 12? OSU. Oklahoma State. I would, I would still keep OSU and Baylor on top over hey, BYU with, and Cincinnati. Well, but. and particularly I think Dave Aranda is a really good coach. Uh, worst press conferences ever. But, again, I do think that uh, Oklahoma State has a chance to be that program. There's no doubt about it. Okay, did you hear that Fox Sports announcers in the fourth quarter of the USC game said, did you hear what they said? Lincoln Riley told them, paraphrase, this USC roster is closest to the best roster he's had as a head coach. Well, it's a really good offensive roster. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Caleb Williams is playing great. I think he has eight touchdowns, no picks, two rushing touchdowns. I mean, you add the Bolitnikoff award-winning wide receiver and Jordan Addison through the portal – uh, you got Travis Dye from Oregon, who's having a great year. You got Jerry Rice's kid out there. It's a good offensive football team. Defensively, again, they've had a lot of takeaways, something that Alex Grinch could never get going at Oklahoma, even though he preached it all the time. Takeaways, speed D. Um, I, I, look, I think there's no doubt in my mind USC is one of the best offensive teams in the country. I mean, you've got a Caleb Williams is right there. You know, if you're early Heisman race, when you talk about – uh, what C.J. Stroud has done, and, uh, you know, Bryce Young, obviously, is your defending Heisman winner. Uh, made some big plays, obviously, to uh, ensure that the Crimson Tide didn't lose at Texas. But Caleb Williams is at least going to get an invite. And, again, Addison, Dye, uh, Rice, they, they've got some weapons on that offense. Defensively, though. That's... The question is always going to be toughness in defense. And uh, the other part of it is they've got a marshmallow cream puff schedule out there in the Pac-12 and some of the teams that we thought might challenge Utah lost at Florida of course it'll still be a tough game for SC they'll have a tough game in Corvallis Saturday night that that Oregon State team can put up some points they're 3-0 look do I think SC is going to lose the game I think they'll win it's a seven point spread but that will not be an easy game uh, in Corvallis this weekend Notre Dame struggling mightily you know no doubt about it uh, but Notre Dame has some time to get better before they go out. They play at the Coliseum this year, so that'll be an interesting game for SC at the end of the year. But anyway, that is what's happening. Uh, Southern Cal, really good offensively. There's no doubt about it. Still, I think a question mark. They've been pretty fortunate with some of those takeaways. Look, they've made a couple happen, but they've also, in games against Rice and Stanford, both the Owls and the Stanford Cardinal, where these turnovers happen like down inside the five-yard line. Well, and literally right through the guys' hands, too, yeah. the receivers. Yeah. Okay, uh, OSU equals who cares, all right? 
Oh, you're not playing O-State. Uh, let me be a fan of both. As long as they're in the same conference, anything good for O-State is bad for OU because we are competing for the same thing. All right, we've got more uh, on the Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Not being tied to OSU every year in the non-conference will free Josie up to continue to schedule other compelling non-conference trips like we just had in Lincoln from our friend Douglas Miles, what's up, Douglas? How we doing? Good to see you on the text line. Yeah, but I, so much of the non-con is already set, right? Right now. Yep. Uh, I, I, there might be an opening here or there. They just filled, obviously, uh, with the uh, the Georgia series being canceled because uh, Oklahoma wouldn't be able to make that return trip happen to Athens, which I think was going to be 2031. Um, they put SMU in there. So we'll see. But uh, the bottom line is, to me, again, uh, you know, the Brett McMurphy story, was there, was there a new angle there? The new part of the story was the fact that there were some new quotes from Chad Weiberg and Joe Castiglione. Chad Weiberg basically said, you know, there's no way to do this because we don't have the opportunities. Joe C. did, Joe C. did say Oklahoma State doesn't want to play, uh, which I thought was interesting. But, you know, you're just not going to see Bedlam for a while. Now – down the road, I mean, are, are these schedules completely set in stone? You'd like to think they are, but things might change. So we'll see what's going to happen. From the 405, of course, the mule shoe a-hole is going to say that. Screw him in USC. Let me just say I concur with that entire statement. But look, I mean, you can't deny that's a pretty good – And you know, I Forgot about uh, Marvin Williams, obviously, out there, too, for USC. I was just thinking of the new guys with Caleb and Jordan Addison and Travis Dye has been really good. And, look, Muleshoe has got a pretty good offensive mind. You can't deny that. Sometimes baffling, run the ball, you know, that kind of stuff, what they would try and do in some of the second halves. The question is going to be physicality and defense. They're pillow soft. They have been for a while. And, again, can they play enough defense? You, you can't outscore everybody to win a national it was, championship. It was a mere reflection watching OU Fresno State like compare that to OU teams in the past. An offense that can put up a lot of points, but on defense there's a lot of lanes to run, and a lot of guys are open, and you can put up some points on that team. Yeah. Which I think I think Oregon State can put up some points this week. Like I said, Oregon State, uh, I, I think that will be a challenge for SC coming up on the road uh, this weekend. Let's see, what else do we have? Uh, you know if the SEC expanded and wanted Oklahoma State, they would leap in a second. Uh, yeah, duh. I mean, of course. But the SEC didn't want Oklahoma State. I mean. What the two I, the two big brands. <laughs> I, I, I think that, again, if, if uh, when both schools, remember when the uh, Pac-12, it looked like, you know, it was going to be the Sooners and Oklahoma State going to the Pac-12. It was David Bourne said, yeah, we're bringing Oklahoma State along. So, yes. But this time around, I, I think if Joe C. and Joe Harris, if uh, Greg Sankey had said, hey, yeah, you know, we'd love to have you in Texas. By the way, we want two more. Could you think you can bring Oklahoma State with you? I don't think they would have an issue with that. But the SEC didn't want Oklahoma State. That's that's the bottom line. All right, 405-651-3439. Yeah, of course Oklahoma State would go gone to the SEC in a heartbeat. No doubt about it. All right, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Parker is here. The uh, Great White Buffalo uh, has pulled into the parking lot, so he is here. 
And glad to have you with us. Thank you again to Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our opening hour, as they do each and every day, right here on Steel Man and Thune at noon, 405-651-3439. Again, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And uh, thanks again to Lasher Home Comfort Systems. More on uh, the great job they can do for you coming up. Before we uh, close out the 1 o'clock hour, you can always call them up at 405-579-3113. All right, we'll take a break right here. Parker joins us next right here on The Ref. Ah, uh, yes, we got a little Pearl Jam and OKC tonight's. Eddie and the boys will be in OKC. Will they really? I had no yes. idea when I hit that intro. Yeah, yeah. Tonight, Mark Desher just left. Oh, you photo guy. Be his sixth time to see Pearl Jam. Wow. Great band. I was a little bit bigger of a Nirvana guy, but I, I like some Pearl Jam as well. No doubt. All right, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. All right, we're going to hear from Brent what he said about Bedlam coming to an end. No real surprise there again. I think the newness, the new part of the uh, Brett McMurphy story this morning was the fact that uh, there were some new quotes again from uh, Joe Castiglione and Chad Weiberg, the Sooners AD and the Cowboys AD talking about and, and we knew this was the case I mean we absolutely 100% knew this was the case all right let's get to the text line 405-651-3439 one listener simply says enough of this OSU talk Steely more important things to discuss well here here's a way to uh, work your way around this you you can go to school and get a broadcast degree and get a show and c- come talk about things you want to discuss. Until then, you can trouble me for a warm glass of shut the hell up. <laughs> now you will go wow. to sleep or I will put you to sleep. Check oh, out boy. the name tag. It says Steel Man. <laughs> We're talking about this because it involves OU. Gee, many Christmas. Oh, uh, Steely, you're saying nice things about Mule Shoe. Have you advanced past the anger stage in the stages of grief? I, I'm still in the anger stage. Uh, when I watch them play, the anger bubbles to the surface. Again, it bubbles completely to the surface. Look, I never said that uh, Lincoln Riley wasn't a great offensive mind. He is a, he's very creative. Um, he's a good offensive football coach. I'm still not sold on him totally as a head coach to win a national championship. We'll see. But there's no – hey, Parker, there's no doubt that USC offense has got some players. I mean, Caleb Williams is great. Jordan Addison is great. Travis Dye, if you've watched them play, man, he's been making everybody miss in the open field. The transfer from Oregon. And uh, Mario Williams has made some plays. The O-line's been pretty good. Um but, again, the question is always going to be the defense and the toughness of that football team. Patrick says they are tearing down Adams and Walker Towers. Sad day. Great memories. Are they actually tearing down? Are they down? really? Like, I knew it was happening eventually. Yeah. Is uh, Patrick, are you saying, like, this is imminent, like this is happening, happening? Like, today, if I walked over there, I'd see a construction zone? Is there a wrecking ball over there? Because those have been there a long time. 
Uh, I lived in Adams Tower for a year. My mom lived in Adams Tower for a year. My dad lived in Walker Tower. I was an RA in Adams. As Were a you? Of fact. you I yes. can see you being an RA. Yes. You're very I, uh, straight laced, very mature. You you don't like partying people. Well, I was actually I was very very lenient as an RA. Were you really? I went the entire year without issuing a single citation. Not a one. Good for you. I'm sure you were well liked as an RA. Then. I would say so. I would say so. But I spent my freshman year in Couch. So did you? What is what is going to become of Couch? Are they just tearing down Adams and Walker, or is Couch going uh, the way of both of its counterparts as well? I don't know. Maybe they'll build a giant tailgating area over. Probably not. Well, I think the plan giant this, this giant is, pizza shuttle. This has been in the works for. A couple of years, but I think the plan is to transition Cross into more of an underclassman living type. Oh, of there you go. All right. Because Cross was a disaster. We don't need to get into all of that, but Cross was a disaster as far as upper class living. So here's an interesting question 405. What rivalries will develop uh, for the Sooners now with the current SEC team? OU Arkansas. Arkansas. OU Arkansas has been the rivalry that's been waiting to happen for years and years and years. Trust me, bedlam aside, I was talking about this this morning. I can't remember who it was that I was talking with this about, but somebody else on the beat at Brent Venable's press conference, and I'm sorry to whoever it was. If they're listening, I can't give you proper credit because I don't remember exactly who you were. But whoever I was discussing it with, there was a circle of about four or five of us, and at a certain point somebody said, and I agree with this observation wholeheartedly, if you give OU Arkansas 10 years – it will be more of a rivalry than Bedlam ever was. Mostly because Arkansas fans are bonkers, Steely. Arkansas fans are bonkers. Yeah, they're crazy. They're a little bit crazy, I agree. But, uh, you know, uh, OU and Arkansas have had some memorable games. Well, the one in the Cotton Bowl that was uh, no offense, really, was pretty boring. But the Sooners won that one. I can think about that Orange Bowl game when Roland Sales went crazy with Ron Calcagni at quarterback. The Sooners failed to show up. They went to Miami and partied a bunch but didn't play football. Got beat by that Arkansas team in the Orange Bowl. Um, and then, the you know, in the, what, the 80s, the Spencer Tillman team came back and dominated Arkansas. But, yeah, I, that would be a good, uh, a good rivalry. One listener simply asks, how is the demolition of Walker and Adams going to affect recruiting? I think uh, that 918 guy comes in with that every day. That's that's uh, that's his go-to. It's become a phenomenal meme. Uh, whoa, this is wild. And I actually, I, this is probably true because I know this particular individual listens. I was Parker's dad's sweet mate in Walker. Really? How about that? A KD Sooner. KD Sooner. KD Sooner. For the life of me, okay. I can't remember what KD Sooner's name in real life is, but I remember my dad telling me, Several months back. Yeah, my old sweet mate listens to the show. Lives somewhere out in eastern Oklahoma now, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. So I'm from western Arkansas. The amount of OU hate by people from Arkansas is through the roof. That rivalry would be special, is what I'm guessing. Yes. Uh, so great. So great. So, yeah, I, I would love look. Hey, Sam Pittman's done a nice job. They got a scare from Bobby Petrino last week, but they came back and uh, won the football game. Pretty sure Missouri and OU was a better rivalry than Bedlam. Yeah, and look, um, it, 
you always get this when we talk about Oklahoma State. And again, I'm talking about Oklahoma State in the context of Bedlam, which there was an announcement today. We got another guy. Late no way she talked to Pat Jones. Dude. So, anyway, um, that you would always hear, eh, it's not a rivalry. Again, if you want to say it wasn't competitive, yes, I give you that. Oklahoma dominated the rivalry with Oklahoma State completely. There's no question. But a rivalry is, again, somebody that you want to have bragging rights against and you do not want to lose to. But if you want to say, it's uh, again, it's not a competitive situation, then yes, I would agree with that. All right, uh, what else do we have, Parker? Go ahead. Parker's Taurus to DJ Hicks as an NIL deal. I mean, hey, <laughs> that car has served me well. Old, reliable, old I would faithful. say a and could probably beat you there, I would not give it though. up to many individuals, but if it would sweeten the deal for DJ Hicks, I'd be willing to part ways with it. Uh, another listener says, I'd like to see a rivalry develop with Ole Miss or LSU. Gosh, LSU. I, 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 LSU is not the type of team I want to be playing every year. Ole Miss, I can get with that. Yeah, I would The Grove agree. is a sight. It's an experience. It's yeah, college I, football canon. I hear it's unbelievable in Oxford. Yes, that environment. The, the LSU fans are just, again, they're, they're just subhuman. So that part of it, I wouldn't. Um, no Steely in the Orange Bowl. Arkansas had stolen an OU playbook. That's how Arkansas beat OU. Lou Holtz likes to seal things from OU, like play like a champion. Is that accurate? Maybe you're, maybe there's some truth to that. I don't know, but he definitely stole play like a champion. Uh, do we know anything on the copyright issue there? All I know was the Sooners, I, do, I don't think the Sooners were that well prepared, but Arkansas rolling sales. I think Roland Sales might still have the Orange Bowl rushing record. I think he ran for like 208 yards in that game against Oklahoma, and the Sooners had a chance to uh, to win the national championship that night. Somebody and said the Razorbacks won. Somebody said in the text line, Braden Willis has no vehicle after being T-boned last week. Yeah, there you go. Uh, have we found Jacoby Johnson's car yet? We need an update on that situation. Yeah, that's right. I forgot it's been about a couple weeks. That's a that's what? Yeah, he's just got stolen, right? Okay, so see somebody somebody out there can make use of the Taurus. It still drives just fine. <laughs> get gonna have to refill the coolant reservoir every five hundred miles or so, but it rides just fine. The uh, Arkansas rivalry is what we need. We can eat Bebo burgers with Razorback bacon. There you go, 918. Also from the 918, the, the rivalry has been a little more competitive over the last 20 years. How was last year? Oklahoma State. That's that's our won, resident Poke fan. Won the game. Uh, we'll, we'll take Poke fans here. That's fine. That's fine. But I'm just talking about the overall. And, and again, I was – trying to come back with because you always hear the OU fans say that's not a rivalry like I said a rivalry is somebody you want bragging rights against and you don't want to lose to all right doesn't matter if Oklahoma's won 90 percent of the time you still as a Sooner fan guess what I'm guessing you don't want to lose to Oklahoma State and you enjoy having those bragging rights that's a rivalry again it's not competitive it's not a competitive rivalry in the overall series, but that's how I look at it anyway. I could be wrong. Probably am wrong. All right, 405-651-3439. We'll hear what Brent Venables had to say about Bedlam ending here in a couple minutes. Just getting uh, the first hour underway. Actually, we've almost wrapped up the first hour. It's been a fast show today. I'm old. I have no idea who I am, where I am, or what I'm talking about. None. 
Stay with us. We're coming right back here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. We are back. It is a Tuesday edition of Steel Man and Thune at noon right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. My friends, Everett Riverwind Casino, want to let you know again, they've got some renovations happening right now, but you can still play all the games. If you have a favorite machine over there, you're going to be able to find it. They're doing some renovation work right now, but they have three new gaming areas, one in the Showplace Theater, one in the River Lounge, and one on the Sky Bridge. So if you, maybe it's Open the Vault or an, another electronic gaming machine that you have uh, good luck on over at Riverwind Casino. If you can't find it on the main floor, look on the Sky Bridge gaming area, River Lounge gaming area, and there are games right now. It's a gaming facility right now in the Showplace Theater. That doesn't mean it's going to be that way forever. Once these new incredible renovations are completed, uh, eventually we're going to have some great shows again in the Showplace Theater. So, again, uh, if you haven't been over to Riverwind, if you're planning to get over there in the next uh, couple days or a couple weeks, you will notice a little bit of renovation happening, but you can still find your favorite electronic gaming machine. They have over 2,800 of them. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, here's what Brent Venables had to say. The story again today, uh, Brett McMurphy uh, tweeted out again a story this morning. When you first looked at it, like, yeah, we all knew that Bedlam was going away. But he had some new quotes from Josie and Chad Weiberg. Bedlam's not going to be happening once the Sooners get to the SEC. Again... Pretty much all thought that was going to be the case, but there was some new uh, words from Chad Weiberg and uh, Joe C. about why Bedlam will not be happening, and it's not going to be happening. Here's what Brent Venable said about that situation today at his press conference. I, mean, I didn't, I didn't hear that. So, like I said, I like to keep things simple. Uh, be the last one to find out. This way, it happens at my house. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it isn't. Uh, I love rivalry games for all the right reasons. If that's what they've decided to do, that's what they've decided to do. My opinion really doesn't matter. But I, I, I love rivalry games um, for all the reasons people have a, a, a deep, a genuine uh, investment in their, in their school and take incredible pride. And so uh, what that does in those environments is, is really cool. And, and I, again, I'm a, as I've said before, I'm a traditionalist at heart. So... I understand, you know, what the rivalries look like, whether it's as a Sunflower State showdown or uh, that's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, or uh, you can go down and list all the other ones that are out there. Um, but those are, are, are a great thing for, for college athletics. There you go. Yeah, Parker, uh, what did you think when you saw this come out this morning? Because I knew immediately, well, this is going to get the text line going. I mean, is there anything we didn't already know, or at least anything we didn't already figure? Not really. Steely, I, I thought the most interesting thing in it, Parker, was Josie saying Oklahoma State doesn't want to doesn't want to play. Oh, is that really what he said? Basically, See, I just yeah, saw yeah. McMurphy's tweet. Yeah, I didn't realize there was a story. Chad, Chad Weiberg basically said that uh, you know we just don't have room, uh, we can't rearrange things, and Josie said, well, we 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 would like to play it, but Oklahoma State doesn't have any interest in playing. Uh, was the new stuff I got from uh, from the article. Because none of us thought, one of us thought, all of us thought, that this was, was 
the case, right? Josie ain't afraid to throw somebody under the bus when the situation calls for it either. Well, there's some anger on the Oklahoma State side. I get that. They felt like they were blindsided, and uh, they were. But the bottom line was, uh, you know, the SEC wasn't going to take Oklahoma State. So, And uh, as the uh, person from the 918 said, um, you know, Oklahoma State would have jumped there in a heartbeat. Obviously, yes, no doubt they would have. But if you're Oklahoma State, you deal with your current situation. Mike Gundy's done a good job there, and you just try and be the best program in the new Big 12. And they've got a chance to be that. I'm not saying they're going to win it every year, but you look at, uh, you know, schools moving forward in the new Big 12. I think Baylor with Dave Aranda is going to be a problem. I think BYU will have a chance. Cincinnati, Luke Fickle's done a nice job. Uh, We'll see. Yeah, I said that 405 earlier that uh, Gundy really doesn't want to play OU. I'm not saying that Mike Gundy is like shaking in his, you know, coaching shoes to play Oklahoma. But if you're the coach at Oklahoma State um, and if you're judged by some people in your fan base and the better Oklahoma State gets, the more fans are looking at that record versus Oklahoma. You're not going to win. The majority of the matchups with Oklahoma as the Oklahoma State coach. It's never happened, and it won't happen in my lifetime. It really won't happen in my lifetime now since they're not going to play beyond uh, this year and next year, it looks like. That's it. Okay. Uh, Parker, they are you having uh, – somebody was asking if you're having uh, problems now that you've broken up with the, uh, with the Taurus. Separation anxiety. It, it hasn't been the easiest thing. The new to relationship come to terms with. Ex- more exciting right now. Uh, I, it's. I wouldn't say it's more exciting. It, my new car is very technologically advanced as compared to the Taurus, which I guess is what happens when you get a car that's 15 years newer than your <laughs> yeah, old one. That's right. That's the. But I tell you what, I keep reaching for a key that isn't there. Because my new car has a push button start, Steely. Yeah. So every time I get out, or I, every time I park the car and get ready to get out of it, I reach for a key to turn in the ignition to shut the car off, and the key isn't there. So it's going to take some getting used to. Well, I wish you the very best of luck in this new relationship moving forward. You're totally committed now to the Great White Buffalo. You can't decommit now. It's too late. You can't pull an Ashton Cozart on this deal. All right, thank you to Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Thank you for all the texts. We'll get to as many as we can next hour as well as we continue with another hour here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref. Hour number two on a Tuesday afternoon. How we doing, everybody? Thank you for all your texts so far. 405-651-3439. We're going to get to as many as we can. 405-651-3439. You know what we could do? 
We could actually just do a show on text messages every day because we try and keep up with them. We try and bring you some of the newest audio from the press conferences, talk about a few other things here and there. 98% of it's uh, Sooner football, maybe 95% of it's Sooner football. But uh, we literally could do a show with just text messages every day. No doubt about it. I could just roll in here like some other hosts do. Not here, but just open up a mic right when the – Right when the open finishes, just start talking. But we actually try and prepare around here. We take pride in what we do. Parker Thune was out hard at work already today. We've been preparing and really laboring. Well, we haven't been laboring very hard, but we've been working. What we do is working. I don't know that I would call it laboring. No, it's not laboring at all. We're very fortunate to do what we do. Very, very, very fortunate. Love this job. Love this place. Uh, And the The best work here. The best work, Steely, is work that doesn't feel like labor. That's exactly right. And uh, I've been very fortunate. I mean, sometimes it can get a little busy, but I've been very blessed, super blessed, and lucky. Very lucky because I pretty much feel like I haven't worked a day in my life. Now, when the schedule gets a little bit hectic, it can be uh, somewhat tough, but on the toughness scale, uh, as far as jobs go, maybe about a 2 out of 10. Okay, uh, T.J. Eckert's going to be coming up at 135. He was in Lincoln also to watch the destruction of Nebraska. We're getting you ready for the Sooners in Kansas State this weekend. 7 o'clock kickoff, 1 o'clock pregame show right here on the home of Sooner fans from Balfour of Norman on Campus Corner and from the Hertz Donuts uh, parking lot again. We'll be, have it covered for you beginning at 1 o'clock. Uh, kickoff again at 7. Uh, defense gave up an early opening drive to Nebraska, but after that they completely crushed the Cornhuskers and uh, played some really impressive defense. People have been talking about it. Even if you, 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 know, you look at Oklahoma's three games they played in the non-con, there are no world beaters on that schedule with UTEP, Kent State, and a Nebraska team that is uh, nowhere near – uh, you know, the, the Huskers of yesteryear with Bob Devaney or Tom Osborne, certainly. But again, better tackling. They seem to be in position on most plays, not letting a lot of people run behind him. There was one incident, obviously, in that opening drive against Nebraska. For the most part, though, it's been a lot better. Brent Venables was asked not too long ago at his presser, what excites him most about this Sooner defense? I think how hard our guys are playing. And we can play harder, um, I'll say that, but the investment – I love seeing them have success and the joy uh, through it all because it's really hard. We coach them really hard. We hold them accountable. Uh, in the middle of it sometimes, the moment's probably not a lot of fun. You know, the fruit of the tree is that success that they're having, the confidence they're, they're playing with, or they're playing unified. And I think when they get to actually go play and they're not getting yelled and screamed at, they're actually having a lot of fun. And um, who doesn't love to be successful and, and win? And um, Even through some failure, they're, uh, I believe that they're having fun and learning a lot about themselves. Uh, as as young people uh, as well you know that's a a big part of it too but uh, those are the biggest things all right that's Brent Venables talking about this Sooner defense Parker can you pull up the D Stutzman cuts uh, real quick Danny Stutzman that would be Danny Stutzman that would be Danny Stutzman yes Danny Stutzman leading uh, the Sooners with 25 tackles on the year Billy Bowman at 24 David Aguebu at 19 Jaron Kanick is fourth on the list Already with 17 tackles. He had a great game against Nebraska. Once uh, Deshaun White was out of there after the targeting call, Jaron Cannett came in, and, man, you, you saw the potential 
uh, on display there. He had a fabulous game against the Huskers. Uh, the Sooners are among the na- national leaders in sacks and tackles for losses. Danny Stutzman was asked, uh, are the OU defenders actually looking at those stats? I mean, a little bit, but, you know, we're just focused on ourselves. I mean, the outside stuff and the numbers we put, that's all in the past. Just focus on the next week and everything going forward. We're 3-0. We look at where we're at, but we have still a long ways to go. Lots of improvement that needs to be made, and every day we're doing everything we can to do that. How about your boy Jaron on Saturday? Oh, he looked great, man. I was so happy for him. You know, his name was called, but he was ready. And, you know, every single day at practice, he's always there trying to stay ready, and it paid off. And I'm proud of him for what he's done. But, like we said, it's last week, and he needs to just step it up again this week. What are you thinking, Parker, through three games about the defense? What's your take? It's hard to say just because – they haven't played anybody, and it, it kind of sucks that we have to keep going back to that, but that's the reality. There's only so much we know about this team. That said, I do think Nebraska is a pretty good offensive team. I don't want to completely glaze over what they did on Saturday because it was impressive. And moreover, when you see a young guy like Jaron Kanick step up in the aftermath of the loss of an older guy in Deshaun White, and you see him turn in the performance that he did, it encourages you because – it illustrates and underscores the fact that you have quality depth and quality competition all across the board on the defensive side of the football. The Sooners have allowed what? Let me do some quick math here, Steely. 13 points in the opener, 3 points against Kent State, and 14 against Nebraska this past week. That's 30 points total this season. So, some more quick math. That's an average of 10 points a game. I would say if you can give up double that if you can keep it to double that in conference play if you can surrender 20 points a game in conference play you'll win the league you'll win Period. the league yeah no absolutely doubt. so you don't necessarily need to be as dominant over the first three weeks on defense uh you don't need to necessarily be as dominant over the rest of the season as you have been over the first three weeks on defense but that level of play has to stay close to where it is because you're going to face some offenses with some more octane. No doubt. You're going to face playmakers. You're going to face weapons. You face a real dangerous one this weekend in Deuce Vaughn. So I've been impressed with what I've seen from the Sooners defensively. I think you also have to be encouraged with the way that they have buckled down and held their ground on third and fourth down. I need. I, I think it's like five or six times total over the first three games that they have turned the opponent over on downs. They've forced five turnovers. They've forced a safety. So they're playing opportunistically as well. And that's another thing to be encouraged about. Yeah, and uh, man, you talk about what the Sooners have done getting off the field. And again, they've given up some third downs here and there, no doubt. But it's been a lot better because it used to be, man, with, with Alex Grinch, it seemed like, you know, it's third and 13. And, you know, you'd be watching the game and I'd sure you'd be thinking, they're going to give this up. Somehow they're going to give this up. And... Too many times they did. So, again, we'll see if uh, the Sooners can continue to play this defense against better opposition. And Kansas State's going to be better opposition. But here's here's the issue for K-State. I don't know, Parker, if you were on the way back, if you happened to hear the, uh, the Adrian Martinez question the guy asked him. I played a sound bite from the Tulane postgame. Are you hesitant or afraid to throw the ball downfield? And he said no. But Adrian Martinez, I think he's, he's completing at 61% of his passes, 101 yards a game, one touchdown in the season, but they have just not been able 
to have hardly any semblance of a deep threat or any kind of real threat in the passing game. Deuce Vaughn is one of the best weapons in college football, and he hasn't totally broken loose either. So um, I don't know if the Sooners, uh, you know, we know that Adrian Martinez can run. Adrian Martinez, you know, took off and ran against Oklahoma last year playing like Nebraska, but uh, I don't know. They've got a chance maybe to make them one-dimensional this weekend. What do you think? Because Adrian Martinez struggles throwing the football. I think it has to start with containing Adrian Martinez as far as his ability to hurt you when he gets outside the pocket. Because it's kind of the same thing that we talked about a year ago when Nebraska came down to Norman Steely, and the Sooners failed to do it on that particular day, which is you have to minimize the damage that Adrian Martinez will do with his legs. If you make him throw the football, you have the advantage. Because Adrian Martinez is just not a guy, I'm Mm -hmm. sorry, but he's not a guy that's going to win you a football game with his arm. At best, he's going to not lose you a football game with his arm. And so you key on Deuce Vaughn, you make Adrian Martinez beat you with his arm, you're going to have success defensively. No doubt. All right, let's get to some texts, ladies and gentlemen. Are you surprised Tulsa's quarterback Davis Brin leads the nation in passing yards through – uh, three games. Not really. I mean, Davis Brin can sling it. We've seen it before, and Tulsa likes to throw the football a lot. So uh, he's a good quarterback, there's no doubt. Parker, what do you know about Pearson Morgan from Ardmore? I'm assuming that listener is uh, – I'm assuming they're referring to Morgan Pearson. Okay. As opposed to Pearson Morgan. But, yes, Morgan Pearson, three-star athlete out of Plainview High School down in Ardmore. Uh, uncommitted right now, has several P5 offers at four different positions, which is impressive. I believe he has offers as a safety, as a linebacker, as a tight end, and as a wide receiver. Um, I'm not entirely convinced uh, Morgan Pearson – I almost said Pearson Morgan. This listener's messing with my head. Uh, I'm, I'm not entirely convinced Morgan Pearson doesn't just decide to play baseball because he's an awesome baseball player. And he's had Power 5 offers to play baseball since he was a freshman. So I almost think it's more likely that he goes that route right now. Uh, but he is one heck of a football player, kind of a unicorn. He's about six foot one, six two, two 230 pounds. So he's very well built. He's stocky for a guy of his height. But he has all of the speed, all of the fluidity, all of the suddenness of a wide receiver. So he does, he's a guy that doesn't move like he's 6'1", 230. So very, very unique combination of skills. Uh, he's a guy that I have long pinpointed as somebody that could be a late cycle offer for Oklahoma if a couple things fall through here and there. Right now, I just don't see a viable path for that because the Sooners either are full at any position he could play or you have a very good idea of who they're targeting down the stretch and who they're realistically going to close the class with at each of the positions that he could play. So that is what I know about Morgan Pearson. Uh, He's an awesome kid, known him for a couple years. Uh, Again, the thing to keep in mind there is unlike most elite football prospects, his age, he has potential to play multiple sports. He's not just a football guy. Uh, he may, in fact, be more of a baseball guy than he is a football guy. As good at football as he is, 
he has a very high ceiling in the sport of baseball. So that may be the path for him in the end as well. All right, real quick, before we get to a break from the Air Comfort Solutions text line, whenever you mention Dylan Gabriel, you need to start addressing him as Sweet Feet. Brent Venables came up with this name. Just watch the replay of Sunday's broadcast of the Brent Venables show. Sweet Feet Gabriel. Hmm. What are the odds that sticks? Think we can make it happen? Um, I, I mean, hey. I don't know. We maybe. made mule shoe stick. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I don't know. You like Sweet Feet? I mean, he showed some pretty sweet feet in the uh, Nebraska game, 61-yard touchdown run. I don't think many people had that on the Sooner Nebraska bingo card over the weekend. No, they didn't. But it almost makes Gabriel seem like more of a runner than he is a thrower. Right. Like, I don't want to call him sweet feet and make it seem like he's an Adrian Martinez type. Yeah, I got you. I feel it almost does a disservice to his arm talent. Okay, break time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being here. We're going to keep getting to the Air Comfort Solutions tax line. We want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley for bringing you hour number two here on Steelman and Thune on your Tuesday. Exit 72 in Paul's Valley, cars, trucks, SUVs, used vehicles. They'll give you a great deal on your trade-in and an incredible guarantee of oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a deal right there. Be right back on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Okay, we are back. Pre-game show on a Saturday begins at 1 o'clock right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network from uh, Balfour of Norman. Great place to get your Sooner sportswear and souvenirs. I always end up spending some money at Balfour. It's money well spent. We'll also be at the Hertz Donuts parking lot as well. Okay. 405-651-3439 in the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Here's an interesting question. Somebody asked on the text line, and I, I wrote it down because I knew we would uh, I would want to answer this. We would work on this one. Uh, but there's so many texts rolling in, as always. Uh, legitimately, where would the Bedlam rivalry rank on the list of rivalries right now? Well, here are the, the games that are ahead of it. Parker, and chime in. Army, Navy, OU, Texas, Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida. Those five, definitely. Army, Army, Navy, OU, Texas, Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida. I feel like you'd almost have to throw in USC, Notre Dame. I had SC, Notre Dame. I'm glad you verified that for me. What about Miami, Florida State? Uh, 
Miami, Florida that State. That was for no. a while, man. That was the rivalry, but not now. Clemson, Clemson South Carolina. No. Uh, are we missing no. BYU, I'm to think. There's, Utah? A, there's always one we overlook, and the Air Comfort Solutions text line is much smarter than us. So I'm sure that they will bring it to light here momentarily. But, huh. Huh. So if we're going by those, we at least have Army, Navy, OU, Texas, Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida, SC, Notre Dame. That is six. A&M, Texas, yes, but it's not going on anymore is the problem there. But, yes, A&M, Texas would have been bigger. Notre Dame, Michigan would have been bigger. But they're not playing anymore either. Bobby from Austin says backyard brawl for sure should be there. USC, UCLA. Is that uh, bigger than Bedlam? I mean, maybe historically it would be, but on the list right now, Clemson, South Carolina, yeah, we mentioned that. Um, Alabama, Bama, LSU. Bama, LSU. Is that a rivalry? Or is that just two really good teams in the SEC that play each other? Bama, Tennessee have had a a rivalry, but Bama, Auburn is the rivalry. It is. There. Florida, Uh, Florida, Georgia Georgia in the SEC, obviously, is is the other big rivalry. Uncle versus Mule (laughs) Shoe. Oklahoma State versus Tulsa, LOL, says one listener. You guys are great. Uh, yeah, we said Texas, Texas A&M. The problem is they're not playing it now, you know, but no doubts, Oklahoma versus the world. Um, A&M, Texas, casualties. OU, Nebraska would have been considered, you know, if you're going to throw Texas, Texas A&M, I mean, OU, Nebraska would be one of the, uh, certainly be one of the top seven all-time rivalries. How about the Apple Cup? Washington, Washington State. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think. Which, I would say Bedlam's bigger than the Apple Cup. Which other rivalries have names? Which one is the Floyd of Rosedale? Is that that is Iowa, Iowa against, Minnesota, or Iowa-Wisconsin? Um, I don't know. The Floyd of Rosedale. I know it's a thing. I just can't remember which. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I know it's, it's the de- Big Ten. It definitely involves Iowa because I remember hearing Bob Stoops talk about that. Florida, Florida State. Yeah. The Egg Bowl. Yeah. Egg Bowl. Very good point. Mississippi, Mississippi State's bigger than Bedlam right now. This this was off the text line. Realistically, where would Bedlam be rank, rated right now in the, the list of best rivalries? Kansas, Texas. <laughs> oh, man. Harvard, Yale. Jinxon Union. Wisconsin and Minnesota for Paul Bunyan's axe. The Holy War, BYU, Utah. That's a good one. That's a pretty good one, actually. I love how that person said Paul Bunyan, like Bunyan on your feet. <laughs> Paul Bunyan's axe. Who plays for the Little Brown Jug? That's Michigan and Minnesota, right? Gosh, I don't know. I think they play for the uh, – I know. There's another Big Ten rivalry that's for the old Oaken Bucket. Purdue and uh, – is that Purdue and Michigan? Indiana? Purdue and Indiana? I think it's, it's definitely Purdue and somebody. Yeah, I'm trying to think if it's we need to we need to brush up. I think up it on is these. Purdue, Indiana. I'm going to go. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and Google it up. Old Oak and Bucket, take over for a second. Uh, Colgate versus Atoka, the muddy boggy bottom bowl. Uh, Michigan versus Ohio State says one listener. Yeah, we already talked about that one. That's obviously towards the very very top. Uh, Bobby from Austin says yes, Purdue, Indiana. Yep, yep. That's correct. Uh, border war, Kansas and Missouri. You know that hey, was that the, was that, that was, was a, the longest uninterrupted rivalry in college football for a long time, right? 
And that was a good rivalry in the early mid two thousands. Well, you had Mark Mangino squaring off against uh, Gary Pinkle in the a, like a two war. three matchup. Yeah, right? the border war in two thousand seven had national championship implications. Mm-hmm. Ed Orgeron versus closed captions. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Well done. The Civil War, Oregon versus Oregon State. Floyd of Rosedale as Iowa versus who? I- uh, Iowa versus Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay. okay, yeah. Minnesota, they're in a battle for a little brown jug and the Florida Rosedale trophy. Isn't that a pig? I don't know. I know that uh, it's I, – I think it's halfway become a serious thing that Nebraska-Minnesota is the battle for the Bits of Broken Chair trophy. What? Which was a Twitter meme started by <laughs> yeah. Faux Polini oh, in nice. like 2014. Okay, now I get it. Uh, here's another great rivalry. Texas versus being back. <laughs> That's that's a nine five out of ten right there. Was Missouri and Nebraska a rivalry? Yeah. Uh, not really. I mean, Missouri had like uh, the the year that Nebraska beat Oklahoma in nineteen seventy eight. The year that I think Oklahoma had the best team in the country. And they had all those fumbles. Nebraska had the conference, you know, in their hand, and then they lost to Missouri the following week. That's what set up the rematch in the Orange Bowl. Worst nightmare possible for Dr. Tom and Bob Devaney uh, that year. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Stanford Cal. The big game? Yeah, that's the a pretty good is, one. Is yeah. that one bigger than Bedlam? Yeah, Recently? In today's day and age, probably not. Yeah, not today. We're talking about over the last 15 years or Michigan, so. Michigan State, that one's absolutely bigger than is Bedlam. Is there a the name for that so. matchup? There has to be. You would think so. Texas versus little spider monkeys around Halloween. Yes, we got the backyard brawl. Gunny of Stutzman Army. What's up? What's up? How we doing? Uh, Mule shoe versus his receding hairline. (laughs) The ref versus the station we don't speak of. Oh, my gosh. How about a little Twitter war happening? Nebraska versus relevance. Mm -hmm. Uh, Colorado, Nebraska. I guess that That, was, yeah. for, For about a decade, that was pretty good. It was pretty good, no doubt about it. The Cyhawk series. Man, those games have been bizarre the last few years. Yeah, Iowa State finally broke through, right, this year. Commander's Cup, Army and Air Force, that's another good one. We Yes, we did mention Army-Navy. We put that right there, you know, that's right there with OU Texas, Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida. To me, the top five have got to be, again, OU Texas, Army-Navy, Auburn, Alabama, Michigan, Ohio State, Georgia, Florida would probably be the top five, in my opinion. We got to get OU Nebraska more frequently, man. And maybe, maybe, and this is my hope, my legitimate hope, and I don't think this is far-fetched at all to suggest that this could happen. I think OU and Arkansas could turn into a really fun rivalry if you give it a decade or two. Yeah, I'm with you. But OU Nebraska, man, as I said yesterday when we – came back on the air after the weekend and talked about that football game. For the first five minutes, I don't know that I've ever been in a better non-neutral field environment at a college football game. Yeah. It had I, I heard it was awesome. We're going to talk to T.J. Eckert about being there, too. Cobra Kai versus Miyagi-Do. The Manning Brothers versus Brady in Super Bowls. Also, uh, there was another good one down there. Um, my listener number five says, Gunny of Stutzman Army. And we've got a few more than five. Mule shoe versus brisket. That's a good one. Uh, Bobby from Austin says, North Dakota State and South Dakota State. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, sir. That game is huge. Teddy versus pronouncing names. Now, a lot of those are Teddy's doing. They're intentional. Arkansas versus LSU, the battle for the boot. Mm-hmm. I forget about that one. LSU A&M feels like they could develop a rivalry a little bit. And they pro- I, I think that's that one's brewing, too. Yeah. Like This is the cool thing about having a lot of the powerhouse programs in college football, or at least the most talked-about programs in college football, because by no means is A&M a powerhouse. But this is what's going to be nice about having so much of the headliner programs in college football in the SEC, is that yeah. you're going to get new rivalries, the likes of LSU and A&M, and they're going to be significant, and there's going to be a lot of fan interest. They're going to be fun. By the way, LSU A&M in 2018, you remember that game? Oh, 74 yeah. 74 to 72. Mm, incredible. What, seven to eight overtimes. Yeah, amazing. Okay. Let's see. A yard bird versus his ego. What? Oh, okay. I get it. So there you go. Good stuff today. Some good comedy there as well. Very, very. Oh, you saw ball versus everyone. Yeah, Friday. They have the uh, groundbreaking for the new uh, Love's Field over there. That'll be awesome. All right, we'll break right here. Mike Steely, Parker Thune with you. Home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network here on a Tuesday. When we get back, T.J. Eckerd, he was in Lincoln to witness the Sooners' beatdown of the Huskers. We'll talk to T.J. about that matchup and the Sooners in K-State and more coming up next here on the Ref. We are back. It is a Tuesday. Mike Steely along with Parker Thune. It is Steelman and Thune at noon here on the Ref Radio Network. Well past noon into the 1 o'clock hour. T.J. Eckert, KTUL-TV in Tulsa, joins us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. T.J., you were down in Lincoln over the weekend, saw your report. Uh, first of all, what did you think of the atmosphere down in Lincoln? Yeah, uh, well, I've been telling people the first, whatever, three and a half, four minutes of the game was awesome. I mean, it was a great atmosphere, right? Nebraska comes out rolling. Uh, the, the crowd was packed, passionate. The, uh, I mean, the third down run where Dylan Gabriel scores, I mean, it was, it was loud. It was very rowdy. Um, the, the, the atmosphere around the stadium was cool coming in. Lincoln's a cool town. The stadium was awesome. Uh, you know, I got to hang out with Parker a little bit on the sidelines, and uh, he talked. We talked a little bit about him being from that area and just how neat and how surprised I was with with how nice Lincoln was and, and how good the atmosphere was there. So I, I'm obviously pleased with OU blowing him out, but I wish the game may have been a little closer because I was really enjoying the atmosphere that we had in there. 
TJ, uh, be honest here. Was that your expectation? Was that even on the table in your mind heading into this football game that Oklahoma was just going to drub Nebraska the way that they did? Because in all reality, we haven't seen Oklahoma win a game that convincingly in quite some time, and we haven't seen Nebraska lay down and die the way that they did in quite some Mm -hmm. time either. Yeah, exactly. And the the main thing for me, Parker, was that I didn't think it was going to happen in Lincoln. I just didn't think that Nebraska would get blown out at home especially with the energy around the new head coach, interim coach, Mickey Joseph, and, and the fact of being a rivalry game, and the fact that just last year it was a seven-point game in Norman. So, no, it wasn't on my radar at all. Honestly, what what happened in the first two minutes, OU having a punt and then Nebraska down and going down and scoring, I kind of felt like that might be the case. I thought Nebraska was going to come out hot and firing, and then it was just going to be a question of whether OU responded, and they did. And I was I'm, I was – Still, really surprised with with the blowout fashion in which they won. I would have I would have felt like the game would have been much closer, at least on the scoreboard. So, what do you think, TJ? Uh, what do you think we know about this Oklahoma team now through three games and just how good they are? Well, we know that the that the offense has the ability to be you know dual purpose, right? We know that we've, they've now shown the ability to be able to run the ball and and be physical up front. Uh, we've seen Dylan Gabriel make throws downfield. He's acknowledged himself that he's 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 needing to improve, and I think we we can acknowledge that he is certainly not Baker Kyler like that kind of guy. And we didn't expect him to be that coming into the season, but we know now what his abilities are, and maybe some of his limitations might be. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, I can I can safely say through three games that we know this team is going to fly around to the ball. That was my concern going into week one. I, we saw them do it. I was wanting to see it again in week two. They did it. And then I, I felt like if they could do it on the road against a Power 5 opponent, who was probably the best offense they'd seen so far, then we knew that that's what this team was going to be. And they did it. So we, we know this team's going to fly around. They've shown that they're better tacklers than they've been in years past. Um, and, those, and all of those things, I, I think, are, are, are given now through three games. And I also like the fact that they're returning punts. Like, that's great. I feel like we know now that special teams is an emphasis for this team. They're running kicks out when they can. Marvin Mims has been spectacular in the punt return game. So those are all things I feel like those aren't just anomalies through three games. Those are things that this team is kind of building a foundation on, and uh, those are all good things to see. How much Jaron Canick stock are you buying up after Saturday, TJ? <laughs> oh, man, that guy. That dude is fun to watch now. He just His head's on fire. He, run, he plays with – relentless energy just flying around the ball he was in the backfield so many times it seemed like on Saturday you know what you like to see is the fact that that fire and that energy is there every single play like that's kind of hard to teach now what they can do is reel that in a little bit because what we saw was he was overrunning some tackles right he was overrunning and running himself out of some plays but the great is that now we can just they can just channel that and make him even better and so Kid's going to be a stud. He's already a stud. He's performed so well in the time that he's been on the field. Um, and he's only going to get better because he's going to be able to channel that energy and that fire uh, and going all out every single play and be able to, to harness that in a little bit better and, uh, and be even more talented than what we've seen so far. All right, uh, T.J. Eckert, our guest, sports director, KTUL-TV in uh, Tulsa. What did you make of the Brett McMurphy story today? It lit up the uh, the text line, of course. 
uh, talking about the sure. end of Bedlam, which we all knew was was happening. He had some new quotes from Joe C. and Chad Weiberg. But what do you make of uh, you know the lack of a future now for Bedlam, which we again we all kind of thought was the case. Yeah, something that we – it's one of those things that was kind of unspoken. They had talked about it kind of over the summer, likely not coming back for a few years. Uh, but then seeing it in writing again and, like you said, seeing new quotes from both ADs kind of makes it feel a little more real. Um, it's It wasn't that it's shocking because, like you said, we already knew it was happening, but it's still shocking that it looks like this thing may not be happening, um, at least in the near future. You know, the, the – People, especially on social media, are wanting to throw blame on either side. You know, it's OU's fault for leaving the SEC. It's OSU's fault for not wanting to play. I think in the short term, at least, you can you can put blame on the OU side of things because they're leaving the conference and the non-conference schedules have kind of been set, at least for the next few years. So, sure, we can blame OU in the shortcoming. But down the road, Steely, I mean, if these teams want to play, they can absolutely make it happen. We're scheduling games when kids are in third grade when those teams are going to end up playing. So these guys can come together and find a way to, to put a long-term schedule in place. And I honestly, at some point, there's going to be you know, TV or big money is going to come in and say, look, we want you guys to play. We need to put you on the schedule every year. You can be the opening night game every single season. And, you know, Something along those lines is going to happen. And eventually, i got to think these two teams are going to end up playing every year. Or at least in the short term, I mean, I don't blame either school for not playing. OU's already got their schedule pretty well filled out. OSU's got good Power 5 opponents in the next few years as well, so that's hard to do in the short term. Long term, though, I I do think they find a way to work it out. Okay, TJ, give me some feedback here, because I think OU Arkansas has the potential to be a really fun, really heated, Hmm. really anticipated rivalry series. Am I off base there, or do you kind of get that sense as well? No, and I I think you're absolutely right. I would love – I'm actually hoping that that's – if they're doing pods, if that's what they end up doing in the SEC. That's what I'm hoping happens is OU gets in there with Arkansas. Hopefully they get back with A&M again. I thought that was a fun game, especially lately with how those fan bases have kind of turned on each other. Uh, I think OU-Arkansas can be really good. I don't, And if you're asking can it replace Bedlam, I'm not sure on that end. Uh, but I certainly think it's a game that can you know, bring back some nostalgia, kind of like what OU-Nebraska's had, not to that level. But it's one of those where I think they're kind of competing for the same kids. They're obviously border states. They're close in proximity. Um, I don't see any reason why that game can't be one, two very passionate fan bases that show up and show out. I don't see why that can't be a really, really nice rivalry, more so than like OU Missouri could be. Uh, maybe even more so than OU A&M could be too. Um, I, I certainly think that's a game that hopefully can get on the calendar. Hopefully they're in the same pod and we can see that on a consistent basis. TJ, we always appreciate your time. Uh, always do a great job, and we'll talk to you again soon, my friend. Thank you. Uh, yep, Steely Parker. Thanks, guys. TJ Eckert, KTUL TV in Tulsa. How about the uh, Monday night football games last night? Jalen Hurts yeah, looked pretty good last night. Parker, 24-31, 333 yards, uh, threw a touchdown pass, 53-yarder. Uh, you also had uh, two rushing touchdowns, a 26-yard touchdown run for Jalen Hurts. Eagles beat the Vikings 24-7. Uh, the Bills are just unbelievable, by the Steely, way. Steely, I had a 10-point lead in my fantasy football matchup this weekend. Got a 10-point cushion, and I got Derrick Henry. Yep. And my opponent only has the Bills' defense left. What could go wrong, right? 13 carries, right? 25 yards could go wrong. Uh-huh. And the Bills absolutely crater anything the Titans did offensively in that football game. So, yes, I lost – 
in the most agonizing of fashions on Monday night. But yeah, the Bills, man, the Bills look really, really good. That you looks know, like a very good yeah. football. Oh my gosh. Looks like this is gonna be the year that they get back to the Super Bowl and lose again. Jerry O up there, man. Former Buffalo Bill up in Tulsa. Jerry Ostrowski with Owen uh, playing defense for the Golden Hurricane up there. He's got to be ecstatic because Buffalo looks like the best team in the NFL. And I think you're talking about right now, if if uh, Josh Allen isn't in the same gated community as Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, he's he's asking security to let me through right about now because I think he is. I think he is. Big time. You think the Browns would have likened, like to have had Josh Allen a redo on that draft? Over Baker Mayfield? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to say in hindsight. Yeah, but, it, but here's the thing. He, he, the I Bills did, have also been very proactive in making sure Josh Allen has weapons around him. Mm-hmm. Would the Browns have taken the same approach? Because if you'll recall, Josh Allen got off to a rocky start as a professional. Mm-hmm. But – once Buffalo started to surround him with the I mean, requisite arsenal to be able to... The Browns brought in OBJ. That worked out well. The chemistry was great, right? It says a lot about OBJ that he's still a free agent and that nobody wants to touch that with a 10-foot pole. He uh, he did get his Super Bowl ring, though, right? He did get his Super Bowl ring. All right. Break time. We're coming right back. One more segment. We giddy, uh, we're getting giddy for uh, Locked In coming up. I'm very giddy right now. For Locked In. Parker, Tyler McComas coming up at the top of the hour here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, Mike Steele, Parker Thune, back with you here on the Home of Sooner Fans on a Tuesday, the Ref Radio Network, locked in, coming up at the top of the hour. Thanks again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, Exit 72, Paul's Valley, cars, trucks, SUVs, used vehicles. They've got a great selection. They'll give you the most for your trade-in, and they have that incredible guarantee Oil changes engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a heck of a deal. Off Twitter, Steely, does Dylan Gabriel have a chance to get to New York City for the Heisman? Does he have a chance? Yeah, I mean, sure. he's got a chance. Sure, he's yes. got a chance. But it looks to me like it's the three-horse race between uh, C.J. Stroud, Caleb Williams, and Bryce Young. Which is kind of all what we expected yeah. it to be, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, How about but- Stetson Bennett so far? He, may, he might get an a, uh, invite. But Michael Penix Jr. has been really good at Washington, too. Washington's an interesting yeah. football team, man. If you don't remember Michael Penix Jr., he was at Indiana before Washington, obviously. That's right. And, of course, I, the, the play you most remember Michael Penix for is that iconic two-point conversion against yeah, Penn State absolutely. where he just barely clips the pylon with the football. Right. That was in 2020. Indiana, I think, either went undefeated in the regular season or won, like, their first six or seven games of the year. Yeah. Got all the way up to the doorstep of the national top ten at one point. 
but it's it's an interesting situation with that Washington team because I think if you're mindful of what Washington has football has been over the last few years, you're probably a little bit hesitant to buy it. And you're probably a little bit hesitant to completely bite the hook on this Huskies football team. But, man, they look good. They look good. And that was a statement win over Michigan State this past Saturday. So Yeah, it was. Might they be the contender that nobody accounted for in the Pac-12 under new head coach Kalen DeBoer? Yeah, uh, Buki spent a year there, of course, right? Had a decent year last year, right? He did. He did. Not he a had bad a year. year. Had a couple picks. Mm. Played well for the most part. Yeah. Was flagged significantly less than he ever was in Norman. No doubt about that. Uh, by the way, off the uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line, Gabriel will be the reason that Oklahoma doesn't win the Big 12. Look, Dylan Gabriel has been solid, but he's got to play better. Uh, like I said, uh, the best quarterbacks are going to make every throw. But okay, he's hold still... up, hold up, hold up. I just – I want to interject here. Does he have to play better? Mm-hmm. Because in years past, I would think that would be true. The level of play that we've seen from Dylan Gabriel over the first three games is good. He hasn't turned the ball over. There's some things you're yeah. curious about. 7-0 touchdowns but, uh, to interceptions ratio. You'll take that all day and a rushing touchdown. But I agree he's left some meat on the bone. Yeah. That said... I think there's a very good chance that this Oklahoma defense is legit enough that maybe Dylan Gabriel just has to do exactly what he's done. Yeah, he doesn't have to be Baker Kyler or uh, Jalen Hurts. You're right. But, again, you miss a throw like the one to Weiss on uh, Saturday in the Cotton Bowl, that that can come back to haunt you. Uh, Like I said, I think he's been solid, not spectacular, and they they don't need him to be spectacular. But if you've got – you know, wide open uh, touchdown. There have been a couple of those, um, you know, that he's missed. And like I said, he's not going to be perfect. But And I like him as the Sooner quarterback. I think he's a good leader, and I think he's been very solid. But he's got to be better. But uh, someone is agreeing with you. I think he can be better too, but we may have an actual defense. So there you go. Um, Kansas State's – how much juice went off the game? With that loss to Tulane. A lot of it. I mean, it was going to be about a 9 out of 10, and now it's down to about a 6 out of 10. Yeah. Well, and here's here's the deal. I wanted to ask this to Brent Venables today during his press conference, but we ended up running out of time. You think about both 2019 and 2020. That Kansas State team was completely overmatched on paper, but in both cases, yeah, they ended up handing Oklahoma their first loss of the season. In 2020, they just lost the week before to Arkansas State. That's right. So yeah. – what you don't want to do is fall into the mental trap of looking past an opponent just because of what happened a week ago. And Kansas did not look good in that loss to Tulane. But this is a team that has enough dudes, has enough firepower, both offensively and defensively, that they can make you pay if you leave the door open and if you start to fall victim to stupid mistakes early in the football game. Who was coaching, though, uh, that Kansas State game where OU had two twenty-one point? Oh, that was Muleshoe, wasn't it? Yes. It was. And, it uh, was, as a matter Spencer of fact. Spencer Rattler, you know, golly, man, he completely, um, you know, two two touchdowns, five picks on the year for Spencer Rattler. And, look, they did play the uh, Georgia Bulldogs last week. 
What I like most about Dylan Gabriel so far, again, I think he's solid. I think he's a good leader. I'm saying, again, he's had about a 7-5 out of 10 so far. That might be good enough. But the fact that he's taking care of the football, to me, is the stat that stands out. You know, and I think he's going to get better. I think he's going to get better. But zero, zero picks, zero turnovers. The Sooners have one turnover on offense all year. That was more on uh, Andrew Rame than anybody else, right? But uh, let's see what happens this weekend. The Sooners, a 13-point favorite. All right, thanks to the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Thanks to the incredible people over at Riverwind Casino. And thanks to you for all the text today. We have Locked In coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Ref.